My final guest on uh, this episode of Good Returns TV is uh, Dr. Tom Edwards. He's the Managing Director of Index Strategies at uh, S&P Dow Jones, uh, based in London. So thank you for coming on the show. I think you've been in New Zealand doing um, some masterclass sessions with the NZX. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, that's right. Yeah, we've been doing a series of sessions uh, around New Zealand, around ETFs, indices, um, and the role of passive investing. Yeah. So there's been a massive f flow of money into passive um, investing in, in recent years. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for the market? Well, it's a good question. I think the first and most important thing is that for the investor, mm -hmm. the ability to offer market returns at a lower cost in aggregates um, has saved the investment community hundreds of billions of dollars in fees. So I think it is sort of unequivocally a good thing for the end investor that they have the option to go passive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But does, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, the, the net returns at the end which matters, and has that been as good? Uh, well, um, obviously there are some active funds which, um, which have outperformed. Um, we're not going to say that, that no one has. Mm -hmm. um, but what we have done over the years is uh, we produce a regular report. It's, it goes under the name of SPIVA, which stands for S&P Index Versus Active. Mm -hmm. And the idea is we'll take uh, all the mutual funds operating in a particular market, could be US funds or Australian funds and so on, and we'll just report the percentage that actually managed to outperform the benchmark. Um, and in nearly every market, what you see is most of the time, most active managers underperform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that actually tracking an index is one of the most surefire ways uh, to offer above average returns within the fund industry. So I know you do SPIVA reports in Australia, and there's been some work on a New Zealand version of it. Where's that at? Uh, so, I, unfortunately, we don't yet have a, a SPIVA report for the New Zealand market. Uh, there's two reasons for that. Um, the first is um, just simply there's, there's not an awful lot of active funds in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. I and mean, we don't want to report a number that, you know, we say 60% and it really means three out of five. Mm -hmm. um, more importantly, because there are more than five funds, yes. <laughs> um, what you need in order to do this report properly is to, if I want to show you a 10-year number, you know, how many funds beat the market over 10 years, I need to include all those funds that were available 10 years ago mm -hmm. that are not available today. And the reason is that roughly 30 or 40% of funds that were on sale 10 years ago were not, are not available mm -hmm. today. So if I go now and I look at all the funds that I can see today that have a 10-year track record, Many of them will have outperformed, mm. but it's because the ones that underperformed don't exist anymore. So we're just struggling to get good data Again. going back. Because it would be interesting to do because there is a there's a theory in New Zealand that you know active managers generally can do very well in this market, but um, <coughs> we'll wait for the report. <laughs> <laughs> I, so there are there look, there are there are times and there are markets um, when active managers always have have an advantage, mm. um, and I think. The extent to which New Zealand has some of those characteristics are as follows. One, there's quite high dispersion in New Zealand's equities. And by dispersion, I mean, you know, the difference between winners and losers is quite wide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing is that the New Zealand equities market is quite concentrated mm -hmm. in the sense that there's a few very big stocks take a large proportion of the market. And when those large stocks don't perform well, 
um, you'll typically see active managers outperforming because they're unlikely to have quite as much allocated mm -hmm. to the largest stocks. Um, what I would say, just in the balance there, um, most of the passive funds that are operating in the New Zealand market actually account for that, and, and they'll follow an index that does limit the exposure to the largest stocks. So I think even the index providers kind of taking that perspective there that diversification can help or, or can be necessary. Mm. So what are some of the sort of common myths that we hear about index funds? There, there are many. I, I think the, the, if I was to, to just pick my favourite is um, that you always hear that you know, the advantage of active management is that in a bear market, we can go to cash. <laughs> and it's always can go to cash. Can. It's never did go to cash. <laughs> uh, and over the years, with our SPIVA data, year on year on year, and we can actually study this and say, well, what does the data tell us? Mm, mm. And actually, we found that active managers don't do any better in market downturns than they do uh, in rising markets or in sort of moderate markets. There's no real connection there in terms of active managers proving that they're able to time the market uh, really well. Do you find that there are some active managers that continually outperform the market, or is it more random than that? Well, so no, and, and it's really interesting to ask why. Mm. So again, this is just what the data mm. tells us. Um, so we've looked at you know, either year on year, mm -hmm. you know, do, do the do good man funds stay in the top half? Mm -hmm. uh, and there we found that over you know, four or five years, it's about as likely as getting heads on a coin that a good manager will stay on the top half. We'll look over longer periods and say, you know, over a five-year period, and you pick, you know, the top quarter of funds, and then how do they do in the next five years? Mm. And they're roughly as likely to be in the top quarter as they are to be in the bottom quarter. Okay. So, I mean, I believe in skill. I believe that skill is out there. And the question is, why aren't we seeing this in the data? And I think that is, it's a harder question to answer, so I'll, I'll speculate, mm. because we don't really have data on this, but what I think is happening is you have to remember that in in a active and passive world, for someone to outperform the average, someone else has to underperform. So it's a zero-sum game? Well, we can all get rich if the equity market goes up, but we can't all beat the market. Yeah. And so I, what I think is happening is, is, you know, the skilled funds, let's say there are some, and then some unskilled funds or less skilled, mm -hmm. they don't perform as well. They are punished with this. Investors take their money from those badly performing funds and at the moment typically put it in an index fund. Mm -hmm. That means they're not going to be supplying that alpha to the outperformers. Mm -hmm. What happens now is a manager who was sort of moderately skilled suddenly has found that among his peers he's one of the worst performers. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to take an index provider's word for this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you've interviewed active managers who will tell you this. I've heard many who will tell you this. And what they'll tell you is that Delivering out performance is a ruthlessly competitive, difficult task mm. that requires huge investment to maintain an edge. Mm -hmm. So don't take my word for it. Uh, take theirs. Is there a risk that with this, you know, this big flow of money into passive, that you'll lose more of that performance in the market? That everything will just become vanilla? Um, well, it, it's an interesting paradox. So clearly. We're at a stage where, or I would say, we're at a stage where the availability of passive products is, is good for markets, good for investors. At, if the world goes 100% passive, mm -hmm. you know, what will happen then? Uh, who will help us set prices? Um, it is clear that at some point we have to reach a balance. 
What I would argue is that we are nowhere near that kind of capacity for passive. Um, we've estimated that you know, roughly 20% in the equity market mm -hmm. is invested passively today. That's globally? That's uh, globally. Mm -hmm. uh, and the point at which it kind of gets interesting in terms of uh, passive trading roughly equaling active trading mm. is actually closer to a number like 70 or 80% passive. Mm. And the reason passive can get so big is because passive portfolios don't turn over very much. No. You want to stay cap weighted, <coughs> you just stay cap weighted. Mm. You don't need to, you know, as, as the big stocks get bigger, your positions get bigger. Mm. Uh, active managers tend to trade quite a lot. And that means that because they trade so much, the marginal trade will become a passive investor when passive is it quite frankly, unrealistic proportion of the yeah. market. So is there, is, do you have a number where that crossover is? Where uh, we, I mean, what, what you can do and, and uh, what we, we did in, in, if I may shameless advertise, what we did in a paper called uh, The Slings and Arrows of Passive Fortune uh, was show how you can model this out, right? So you mm. need to make assumptions, how much to passive turnover, how much does active turnover? And then it's quite easy to come up with the figures. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we're, if I speculate, um, you know, we're probably good until the world is at least 70 or 80 percent. So we're a long way away. I, I, yeah, and frankly, I don't think that will ever happen. Mm. So there's always going to be a role for active managers? There will always be a role for active managers. They are the policemen of our markets. Um, okay. And I think you know, there are enough investors as well who see the value mm -hmm. in active management. Mm -hmm. um, or in, and this is you know, where the lines get a little blurry, in sort of disciplined, systematic investing like value investing, right? which you don't maybe necessarily need someone's gut feeling uh, to, to, to enact. Mm, yeah, and, and, and so you're you'd be a supporter of the, 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 the core satellite strategy then? Well, I, to the extent, I, I, mean, I think I would. I mean, certainly to the extent that our data suggests that putting, putting a passive core investment at a low cost at the core of your portfolio uh, is one of the most helpful things you can do if your goal is, is to perform relatively mm. well. Mm. Excellent. Look, thank you very much for your time, Tim. That was really interesting. Thank and, you. Um, enjoy the rest of your stay down here in New Zealand. I will do. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>